One of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. Oh, Paul, it's so great to speak to you again. It's It's been a while. Yep. <laughs> We've been sat here for ages waiting for you, you to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. It's basically a reunion. But, Paul, what are we going to talk about? We can't just sit here reminiscing about our school days. What are we going to talk about that the listeners will be interested in? Okay. Well, we talk about school days. But, oh, well, okay. Um, <laughs> yes. So we're continuing with the ghost stories for Christmas, it being Christmas. Yeah. Um, and we are talking about A Warning to the Curious. A Warning to the Curious by adapted from the short story by M.I. James by yep. Lawrence Gordon Clark. Once again, yep. um, writer, producer and director. Yep. I, say, I and say once again, because this was, this was his second uh, after the success of The Stalls of Barchester, um, yep. which was his 1971 uh, adaption, uh, which we discussed in our previous episode, available on iTunes now. Um, and this th- this is a sequel, uh, Warning to the Curious, based on... Um, one of the later uh, M.R. James stories, in fact, one that's often described as his last great ghost story. Uh, and, and here in 1972, um, again, for, for Christmas Eve, um, we see Peter Vaughan um, replay, well, in the kind of Robert Hardy sort of star role. And, um, well, you know, Paul, we, I, I like to ask you, what, what, what's, what's it all about? And not in an Alfie sense, yeah. <laughs> but in a what's this thing that we're talking about all about? Uh, yeah, so basically um, there's this guy who, who's an, a burglar who's gone to prison and um, Peter Vaughan is this, this sort of crime mob boss guy who, who's, <laughs> who's that? Norman oh, no, Stanley hang Fletcher. <laughs> hang on, I'm get, getting confused with porridge. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Porridge because Peter Vaughan, um, a great actor, many, many years um, of stage and screen. But yeah, three episodes of Porridge. That's what we know him for mostly <laughs> now, isn't it? Three episodes of Porridge. <laughs> he, was, he was amazing. Was he only in three episodes? I, I, he I, must I, have been in more than that. I, I think it was, um, I think it was only three. Um, I'm going to have to click through on his arms. Don't Google that now. We don't I'm not really need to know. Um, yeah, because it's nothing to do with what we're talking about. True. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's Warning to the Curious really about? Okay, so he stars as Paxton, who is uh, a, a down-on-his-luck guy um, who, who's been made... He's lost his job, basically, because of the depression. Yeah. Um, so he, he's going up to East Anglia because he knows all about these three crowns, which um, were said to be buried in around the coast of East Anglia and protect uh, it from ever being invaded. And he's obviously thought, if I can find, it happens to be a third one of these because the other two have, have been found and various things have happened to them. If I can find this third crown, then presumably he's thinking, you know, I, uh, my my future's sealed, and so yeah. 
he 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 trots off up to see zebra. Is that how you say it? Zebra. Yeah, zebra. Yeah. yeah. In in Norfolk, is it Norfolk or is it Suffolk? Can't remember. Where I think it's I think it's Norfolk. Yeah, Norfolk is next. It's meant to be Aldbra. Aldbra, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he he goes off up there, uh, checks into a sort of hotel place and sets off to find the crown, which he does. I'm cutting the story a bit short here. But the, the crown has a, a, a mysterious guardian who then basically plagues him until he decides to put it back. Is, yeah, is yeah. roughly the gist of the story? No, I, I, think, I think that's absolutely right. So just to uh, finish up on the porridge connection, um, he, did, <laughs> he, he did indeed play Harry Grout in three yeah. episodes of the main oh, series. Right. Um, I, I think he did reprise the role. but um, <laughs> think, Wasn't he in one of the films? I'm sure he must have been in one of the films. Uh, there, there was, was there was like a documentary, a, like a docudrama years later, where he also played uh, Harry Grout as well. So, um, but yes, um, he, and he's got two hundred and twenty nine credits on IMDb, so that's not bad, is it? Yeah. Um, and what I reckon, and what I remember him being brilliant in is Remains of the Day, fantastic Merchant Ivory film, but but a lot yeah. later, and and I remember him being brilliant in this because um, yeah, yeah, um, and and. Like you say, Paxton is an amateur archaeologist, so he's not an antiquary. He's like a clerk, like I say, he's a clerk who's been made redundant. So he's he's not from the Oxbridge world that the um, that Mr. James usually um, uses for his main characters, but but we do see Doctor Black. Yeah. Because um, Paxton's staying in this guest house in Zebra, and yeah. the only other guest is our friend Doctor Black from the stalls yeah. at Barchester, played once again by Clive Swift. Yeah, and he's uh, he's not seen again after this one, is he? He's not, but things change after this one. So is, this, is that because he then goes um, to stay at a country house and gets clubbed to death by the lead piping in the ballroom? <laughs> <laughs> we don't just talk think, enough about Cluedo, do we? <laughs> just in case anyone doesn't know, the the person who's murdered in Cluedo is Doctor Black. And in, in in for North American listeners, we call Clue Cluedo in the UK. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Doctor Black is. So I just want to just just pause for a moment to talk about Doctor Black because. Even though it's Clive Swift, the same name, uh, and you would think he was a kind of um, Oxbridge fellow, he seems to be a paint. He, he's he's a painter here, and he's doing yeah. the. Um, there's a scene where he paints, and there's a figure he puts in, who, who's obviously the ghost. Um, but but and he talk he talks about he loves it because he gets away from his wife for 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 10 days who presumably is hyacinth bouquet rather than <laughs> but but that's different because um are you saying that this this is uh, <laughs> somehow in continuity of of um keeping up appearances well i think what i'm saying is that i'm not convinced that this dr black is the same dr black as from okay. the stalls of barchester because he clearly was an antiquary and, and um 
the, the, this this guy I'm not so sure. Although um, he's t- he takes the role that in the original story I believe is of uh, Emma James kind of avatar because because um, I think in the story and I, um, correct me if I'm wrong I didn't reread it recently or have read it several times um, but in, in the story I, I I think this is like um, uh, Paxton basically relays his troubles to um, a, an academic who happens to be on holiday out of season in in Zebra. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Although I think there's another layer of um, narration as well. So I think the the overall first person narrator of the the story has um, Paxton's tale narrated to him by somebody else, and then they all meet Paxton. Right. And Lawrence Gordon Clark has very like wisely just gone. Yeah, I ain't doing any of that. Yeah, um, and 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 just. I don't just, really know that that would be particularly interesting from a film point of view, filming point of view. No, absolutely. So in Souls of Barchester, he did use the like, the distance of time device. So Doctor Black yeah. was obviously to, uh, investigating something that happened fifty years previously and wasn't involved in the main action he he, he was the narrator kind of um do, doing the framing sequences or, or what, what have you but here he is in the action because all the framing stuff is just gone it's just the action so i think that's a yeah. um but you know i don't think i don't think james was messing around i think it was a, there's a literary convention for these kinds of stories about you know this is and indeed for um not just these kinds of stories but this has survived into kind of um urban legends that it's a kind of uh i heard from my mate who told me and this is what yeah. happened it's that that kind of it, thing yeah. well it's it, it's storytelling isn't it so yeah. it's the storyteller is telling the story of a storyteller or from a from another storyteller yeah and um the ghost story writer who James most admired, Sheridan Le Fanu, um, he 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 really he was all about this as well. So that his most famous book uh, collection, In a Glass Darkly, is done like that. Um, so so it's all like cases from um, Doctor Hesalius or someone, but Doctor Hesalius isn't in any of them. <laughs> he's just he's just like vaguely heard about them. <laughs> That's the, it. it it's... <laughs> It seems to be a, a good uh, device that's used to basically do a massive info dump at the beginning, and like let, let's get all the history out of the way and, and put that at the beginning, so that yeah. you know the context of yeah. what's, what's going on. I mean, I think I think that's I think that's true as as well as like I say, having the urban legend aspect to it. I think it works very well in uh, lit- literature. I don't think it works at all well in the in moving pictures, and I think no. you know I think this is Lawrence Gordon Clark getting confident here. This is him like oh, I still want to do a loyal adaption, but I'm gonna I'm gonna change things around to make it more cinematic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously one of the things he does change, which is quite an interesting idea, is is um the character of Paxton so yes in the story he's much younger and and he sort of comes across the crown by accident whereas this is this adds uh, I think a, a, an interesting layer of 
sort of poignancy in that we have this very, very kind of sad man uh, who's older. He's basically been put on the scrap heap and he, he's coming out to deliberately find this crown, which is, which is a, 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 a big difference. And I think it makes it a, perhaps a much bleaker story because of that. So I ruminated on this point um, watching it this this time um yeah. like if you watch the beginning you know knowing clearly what's going to happen um yeah I, I think it's clear paxton's come to seba to die i i right. I, I, I don't because he's got he's got no money his job's gone he's, he's he, like you see his shoes are ruined yeah. <laughs> for, for, for instance I, I i mean i i know that he, he this is his like treasure hunt and it's going to make it's going to sort it out completely but but i i honestly think he's no no intention of going back home ever i, I think this is almost right. this is this is almost a leaving las vegas type of thing which you know it could be a different genre of <laughs> leaving las vegas but the whole point about that is that he leaves las vegas in a box <laughs> and i i think i think that's that's that that's um it's the same for this. I think Paxton's never leaving Zebra apart from, uh, uh, yeah, apart from um, an Undertaker's <laughs> horse-drawn cart. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I hadn't really thought of that. But actually, now you've mentioned it, I can kind of see that. But maybe he's he's thinking the crown is perhaps a way out of his... I, I can kind of see, yeah, he's thinking the crown's the way out of his, his problems. But also that he doesn't really expect it to solve anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think that's very. It's sort I think of that's like, very yeah, like like deep down he knows it's 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 hopeless. Yeah, I get that. He's doomed. He's doomed. You, I mean, and, and it, <laughs> and it, it, it's changed to be like this because yeah. because he's doomed. That's the thing. Yeah. And um, it's a really it's a really interesting change. And yeah, piece of you know peter vaughan is perfect for for such a thing <laughs> and, and, and he does peter vaughan does really well sort of playing against type in a way and i know he's like a really great actor and a really great character actor but he tends to play people who are much more um like grout in in porridge um you know that that kind of formidable mm -hmm figure or, or, or some sort of like crime boss or something <laughs> along those lines. He, he, he always, you know, he, he was the formidable dad in the first season of uh, Citizen Smith. He was. He well, was. <laughs> uh, and, and he's, um, he, he's in Brazil as well, playing a similar sort of character. Well, yeah, he plays a, like a, a senior member of the 1984 style government, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 he's great. Um, he, and he's like a, a differently. He's he's giant in Time Bandits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he's got a toothache, isn't he? In Time Bandits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something. Something like that. Yeah. So a bit different there, but still playing uh, a largely kind of formidable. Yeah. Uh, grumpy sort of character. So this is this is a bit different, I think. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just it's, it's, he does it really well. Absolutely, and I love the detective element, and I've always really liked this about the James stories. Like, um, 
we did uh, years ago now, didn't we do an episode on Treasure of Abbott Thomas? Yeah. And that's yeah. one of my favourites because the 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 treasure hunt. Yeah. I mean, it's a treasure hunt, isn't it? With a yeah, with a big twist. It, and, it, and 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 this 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 one as well is is a detective style treasure hunt. I mean, the most of it, um, at least the first half of it, is Paxton tracking the crown down by yeah. by, by, by the by detective work. So they're kind of, they're kind of um, uh, modest uh, Indiana Jones stories, aren't they? In a weird way. Yeah, no, that, absolutely. Yeah, you know, is, they're yeah, ar- they're um, archaeological. They're, this is yeah. this is this and this one is is so um, okay. So stalls at Barcher, so it's more like antiquarian. But this is yeah, yeah. this is completely archaeology, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. So in, yeah, he, he is he is kind of like in in. Well, he's obviously not like Indiana Jones. <laughs> so I'm not going to go that far. Okay, he's not like Indiana Jones, but he's in that line of work. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. not that dissimilar a time period, like you said. No, it's not far off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I really like that Indiana Jones and <laughs> lost to the third Saxon crown. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, no, that's good. Maybe, maybe that's what um, Indy 5 is about. But, um, maybe. <laughs> um, but, so, and the treasure hunt goes through like um, stages, doesn't it? He's got uh, he, he he goes to the church, doesn't he, and has a yeah. conversation with with the vicar, and he finds out about this Agar fellow. So, um, we, which reminds me, we did we we got uh, like a prologue, didn't we? Yeah, uh, we did. Uh, an archaeologist is is digging in some um, yeah. mound somewhere, uh, like a barrow potentially, and um, yeah. there's like uh, a rough like tubercular person uh, yeah. who just tells him to stop and he goes I've got permission I'm not going to stop just go away ruffian and so the guy He's... goes and p- finds some um, uh, like uh, like a hatchet that's yeah. lying around somewhere and just and just buries the hatchet into into the archaeologist and then it goes yeah. like 12 years later or something but but then but then the priest has said oh yeah um that the, the Agar was the last guardian of the crown and and, and he died um, and the, there's his grave over there. Yeah. Right. yeah. Un, unkept part of the graveyard. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, when Paxton asked the hotel about um, Agar, the guy just, just said, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> he's lying and he's lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, um, so then, the, then the way I, th- I think it goes is Paxton um, goes to this uh, antique shop, and this I love this scene. I, I, no, I really, really love the antique shop scene. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I'm not 100 percent sure it bears any relation to what's in the the, the story, but um, James Short's story. But there's this kind of crazy shopkeeper. Who's, <laughs> repairing a creepy victorian doll isn't there it's weird and, yeah and, and then but but then the creepy shopkeeper basically explains the ghost doesn't he he talks yeah. about he talks about um evil spirits and 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 um and they there's a 
do you know for a specific purpose like he's talking about protecting bridges but obviously that's setting up to, to what's happened with with agar who's dead but now is an evil spirit protecting the crown um so 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 he, he kind of explains it but but the scene is so well acted and written it's it, and and it's got such a rhythm to it it's just like it's almost like a like a um an asmr kind of scene it's so hypnotic to watch i don't i don't know if you know about asmr but it's yeah 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 yeah, the youtube phenomenon ah yeah yeah the whisperings (laughs) yeah you do yeah okay (laughs) but it's 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 got that quality to it like uh the 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 unintentional asmr kind of um thing it's so and i I, yeah i love love the scene but anyway then he goes um, but he, he he finds Agar's old family Bible, and and I, and I think from that he can work out where Agar lived. Um, yeah. Then he goes there, and he's lucky. There's a woman who's from London, therefore doesn't know not to talk to him. And she yeah. basically says, "Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, he 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 spent all his time sitting over there by that um by that mound <laughs> there with the, the treasure yeah. map with the X marks the spot." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's it because because he found, he's found he's found the location of where the crown is um so then and i love i love all that that investigation bit love that and then there's a there's a creepy bit because the, the, he follows a, a kind of dark coated wearing figure in instead of past that farmhouse and, and, and then, then there's no one came through that way like, no no one came through that way yeah well, um, and, and so and also is, the dog is, is freaked out as well. The dog is freaked out, yeah, because, yeah. because it's almost like Agar's already from the grave side. Or after, so even before he takes the crown, Agar's locked onto him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And we know, and we know what he is. We know he's an evil spirit because we've had it explained to us. So, um, and, and and though we have seen Agar, um like in proper close-ups so we know what he looks like and stuff yeah. uh, when he was alive the ghost version uh, we see just enough to know it's the same like but it's all really yeah. quick cutaways and stuff it's almost like this is like a proto pipes um yeah. kind, kind of thing where where you, you don't you know it's there but you don't i mean pipes in ghost watches goes to be subliminal this isn't subliminal <laughs> this is just no. kind, kind of um <laughs> it's deliberately cut and shot so you don't see it so you you think you've seen something but you don't know what you've seen <laughs> um and, and later on like they i'm sure they deliberately blur it yeah yeah it, um, yeah, yeah. One, one of the, that's one of the tricks isn't it um and, and um so then i mean paxton basically lies that he has been called back to london obviously yeah. no one to call him back to london in order that he can surreptitiously without the hotel realizing go overnight and dig up the crown yeah um and uh, yeah which is i mean i know it's from the story uh, and it, it, it's difficult because they can't do the full time team thing and it take him three months to find the crown um, yeah. <laughs> but he's pretty lucky isn't he because <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i once when i was a kid buried a batman toy in my back garden <laughs> and i yeah. could never find it again yeah. <laughs> and i knew it was in my back garden and i knew like roughly where i'd buried it i could still never find it again <laughs> so, so how he just goes straight in the dark yeah. <laughs> finds the 2000 year old crown and, and it takes him ages as well and if you've ever dug a hole anywhere 
that that's backbreaking stuff. Yeah, and he's not a young man. I'm quite surprised he. No, he just carries a spade around, he doesn't he? Because because he, he basically back. it's like a tunnel he's built, isn't it, into this yeah. era? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so practically. Um, I've got questions, but I understand that, you know, for the purposes of the narrative, they didn't want to be waylaid into the details of the dig. So yeah. just like, ah, oh, he finds it, basically. He finds it. <laughs> Cut a long story short. <laughs> he, 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 um, he takes it back, but, but I mean, then Agar is really on his trail then. Yeah, proper kind of running after him. And yeah. There's, a, there's a, a, a running along the beach scene which is quite reminiscent of uh whistle and i'll come to you yeah and it, it, without the bin bag <laughs> so <laughs> i mean this this story is very reminiscent anyway i mean there's no getting away from that yeah <laughs> it's very 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 similar <laughs> i mean ml james uses the, the the guardian of an artifact thing quite often doesn't he in the stories yeah, um, I, I, I think that that's right. I think people generally differentiate them by saying that that's Whistle's an earlier one um, yeah. from, from the first story, written uh, like 30 years before. I mean, that's not exactly it, but a lot of time yeah. before. <laughs> and, and, this, and this is um, this was written after the First World War. The society is very different. But then there's a view, isn't there, that, um, and I think it's right, that Paxton is what kind of represents a kind of um, not nouveau riche, but a kind of uh, different class. Because, uh, uh, um, you know, universal suffrage hadn't happened that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> for, for example, I mean, Paxton wouldn't have had the vote for a lot of his life. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and, and it's kind of a, like, like a threat to the cloistered upper class academic communities yeah. and aristocratic yeah. communities. So, uh, and and it, so then, but then there's a there's there you could say because you could say that James is quite a reactionary writer. You could say that this is you know Paxton overextending himself and and being yeah. slapped down for it. I'm not I'm not sure about that, but you could uh, I can see I can yeah. understand the interpretation. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, I, I think yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, oh. The other thing I wanted to say, which is completely different, is that um, it, it's really Hitchcockian. I think. I think. You, um, I mean, obviously, Hitchcock was is a massively influential director, and even more yeah. so back because he was still, still alive and working. Um, back back in uh, nineteen seventy two, he yeah he released a film, uh, Frenzy, I think. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but. Um, his kind of the the the, the style of it. The, I mean, it's not like a pastiche, but you can see that that um, you know, uh, Lawrence Gordon Clark was shooting a bit bigger this time than Stores of Barchester. It was you know constructing a chase scene and trying to make it exciting, but also uh, creepy because the the pursuer yeah. is obviously uh, is unseen. And then then you've got uh, the really good. Um, sequence that switches it around a bit where um, Paxton thinks that Agar's in front of him but it's yeah. not it's not Agar it's it's right. like a farmhand <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then Paxton gets the train and then 
Uh, this is the bit I really don't. This is the worst bit in the whole. Uh, it repeats. Um, yeah. So so when when Paxton gets on the train and the conductor like opens the door for him and then opens the door for someone else and then goes, oh, yeah, so the, the, the yeah, and 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 the um, the, yeah, the 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 conductor is one of those clearly like non actors or very naturalistic no. star actors. The, the conduct the conductor or porter on the the railway station is David Pugh. <laughs> yeah that's what yeah stalls. there we go <laughs> there we go <laughs> yeah you see the, the the one who was the non-actor <laughs> in schools of Barchester here non-acting again by non-acting I mean you're you know probably a a, a student of methods or something <laughs> but not not the same kind of acting style as the other people involved <laughs> but but um I, I mean I just think it really doesn't work because it doesn't it doesn't look like there was anyone there at all. And, and when yeah. Paxton looks at him, he, he, and he, you know, Peter Vaughan's going up, trying to be scared about it. But I just be like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it needed, uh, after all this really effective stuff in the, the Norfolk countryside, then, then, you know, when they're having to use a train, maybe they had to do it a bit faster. Yeah, maybe. It just, just technically not nearly as good. I didn't maybe I, maybe they only had the train for like twenty minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, could, could have been. <laughs> but, but um I mean it doesn't spoil it doesn't spoil anything, but it is kind of yeah. No n- n- a moment that noticeably doesn't work. And because it's quite a big moment and because there's a callback later, it it, it, it really um, yeah, I really struggle with it for me, but that's all right because um, then, then Paxton goes back to the hotel, freaks out, yeah, <laughs> shows the crown to Doctor Black and says, "Right, uh, I've got to put it back." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, and and he does. Yeah. Um, then there's there's more like Agar's clearly watching them. But, um, uh, but it's it's all it's all right. I mean, um, pa- Paxton's got uh, Paxton's got Black there because he'd just be too scared to, to go back yeah. on his own, which I could understand. <laughs> I could understand. Uh, and, so, and, and, and you know, but Black listens to his story and, and, and does it. So he obviously sees the crown and he knows enough to recognise it as a genuine crown. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Saxon crowd, which, you know, maybe does lend a bit of credence to the fact this is still the antiquary. Yeah, that's the only sign of it, really. Uh, but but I mean, he does, he does give some, he, he does believe the story essentially, or at least believe that Paxton believes it. Um, and then that takes us to the 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 denouement, which is you know um, actually not exactly. Uh, I think it's not exactly like it is in the book, no. uh, but, but my my head uh, had, had remembered <clears> this. Like I had, I had it pictured how it is in the story, and, and that's yeah. what I remembered as the ending to this. And when it's different, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, please keep me true here, Paul. But um, it, it's like um, so it's the same device, isn't it? The, uh, yeah. The, 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 
Paxton's supposed to be going out for a walk with Dr. Black. Dr. Black calls him. He goes off and, uh, on his walk. And then Dr. Black comes out. And it's like, oh, no, it wasn't Dr. Black. That <laughs> would call Paxton. And, and then, and then, but, but the, in the story, doesn't doesn't like Paxton's running across the beach with Black yeah. after him, and and doesn't he end up having his head stoved in by a Martello tower? Is that right? Yeah, he falls off the the he get well, or gets kind of directed off of the I think it's the sea defense defenses. Yeah, oh, see. smacks his head yeah by the tower on the yeah on the bit below and yeah. and, and, and like the 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 the, the our caretaker has seen it so so there's no yeah yeah so 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 he there's no other party suspected but um i guess that this had to just change that slightly to firstly so that there's not uh the, the this notion of so they don't have to film somebody falling off something which i guess was tricky and expensive yeah and and so they can use the cast they've already got and not have to introduce anybody else so <laughs> I guess that's, that's <laughs> why. Well, and again, use the locations they have, but but it, but it is it's it's similar. So there's another chase scene, but this time, um, Agar ca- catches uh, Paxton, and um, I think the hatchet comes out again. Something. Yeah. Yeah, and and then Black catches up to um, Paxton, but it's too late. Uh, Paxton's dead, rather less gruesomely than in the story. No. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the final bit of the uh, of the the, the film is uh, Doctor Black leaving Zebra and by train, and the conductor again um, thinking two of them got on the train. The conductor, the conductor's just got some eye problem. Clearly, <laughs> just sort of seeing double all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, Lawrence Gordon Clark did say that he, he thought that Agar probably did kill Doctor Black, and that's why Doctor Black isn't in the subsequent oh, adaptions. Okay. But, but I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't think that's the, re- the, the, the reason. Obviously, you know, it'd be hard to work. Did, did Black he? Back did he do? The... Did he do it with a candlestick in the study? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Miss Scarlet is innocent. It's Agar, but um. But the reason is that um, after this, uh, the the ghost stories for Christmas um, c- continued, but they were made differently. Um, so so this one again wasn't made by uh, BBC Drama. Right. It was um, independently produced. Essentially, I think um, made by the arts department, but but independently produced outside of BBC drama but it um, produced by Lawrence Gordon Clark as well um, but after that he continued to direct them but it got uh, a proper pro- well, another producer Rosemary Hill I think uh, and and always um, r- different writers after this right. yeah. um, you, you know quite quite big, big famous ones uh, uh, Andrew Davis and John Bowen and Clive Exton but um, not not him again. So, so, so these two, the uh, the first two stools and Morning's the Curious, they're 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 kind of they're kind of different from 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 the others. And I think um, you, you know, Doctor Black just obviously doesn't survive the transition <laughs> to the yeah. to the new phase of them. And and this takes me to yeah. uh, the the very popular segment of the show. <laughs> but 
that, that we call AVBHQI. So, yeah, <laughs> thank, that, that pause there was for the music, but if you didn't put it in, then that would just sound weird. Um, so the quite interesting uh, piece of uh, information I have for you about this, um, you probably already know this, but this I, I thought was quite interesting and it's worth calling up even, even if you do already know this, Paul, and some people may not know. Um, so, so as I said, Wanting to Curious again wasn't made by the BBC Drama Department, but... Um, you know, Stores of Barchester had been successful. The BBC Drama Department wanted to make a, yeah. <laughs> a ghost story, so they did. They made their own one completely separately, <laughs> which was the Stone Tape. Yep. So, so um, on, on Christmas Eve, uh, 1972, the BBC One showed A Warning to the Curious. And then the, the next day, less than 24 hours later, they showed... The stone tape now fine, fine absolutely fine um that stone tape is another classic one of the earliest um things we covered on this podcast um but i just think it's weird to do two things that are the same on the same christmas or or you know they're so close together i mean they are slightly different uh, ideas of ghost stories but but it, it it's more like um maybe that that just shows a little bit of uh that you, you know, uh, the BBC wasn't always a joined up organization, the different departments <laughs> sometimes pushing against each other. Although, happily, um, any, any conflict was resolved when the ghost story for Christmas went over to BBC drama. Um, <laughs> but, and, and just to finish off, um, because in our, our previous episodes, you mentioned um, Dead of Night. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the stone tape was actually. Uh, kind of an episode of Dead of Night, although it's not brand branded like that. It was yeah. made by the production, uh, so it was 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 made by the people who made Dead of Night. So the producer and his lawyer just did, did it as part of Dead of Night, but it, it just went out without um, <laughs> without the dead. I mean, all Dead of Night was um, again. We we covered that. I've done a couple of yeah. Them. Episodes dead of night, but but that was an anthology show. I think the only thing that I had in common was that horrible title sequence. <laughs> the so yeah. tape was just missing that. But but obviously, obviously, then um, 1972 was very big for ghost stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think Lawrence Gordon Clark, you know, he can consider himself, uh, you know, pretty responsible for that. To be honest, I, I'm not sure that was entirely the case because obviously. We're still the great era. We're still in the great era of British horror at the time, but certainly, um, ghost, ghost stories mm. become become a thing, uh, a, a big thing in, in, the, in the early seventies, and and so that was my um, AVBHQI, which Excellent. you know, yeah. I mean, which is also a great idea for a tie-in book. <laughs> okay, <laughs> although I um, might be overextending there. <laughs> maybe. So, so last time you teased us with the. Uh... Your your um your ghost story that that wasn't a ghost story for Christmas. Okay. Yep. Teaser. So yep. I think you need to tell us what that is now. I know the suspense has been killing you all these weeks. You've had to wait. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so so Lawrence Gordon Clark. So I I knew about the the ghost stories for Christmas that he directed. So I knew about these two and then um. 
the treasure of Abbot Thomas, the ash tree lost hearts. Then he yeah. did the sing signalman. Uh, and then he did um, stigma. The, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the ghost story for Christmas, which is the modern day one. Yeah. Uh, then, then he went over to ITV and he did casting the room. So I, I knew all that. And I, yeah. I've seen all those. And I thought, and I also knew he had some other, he had to career into basically directed, you know, normal TV as well as this, like Harry's game and stuff. So, but I didn't really think he'd done anything else of any particular interest. And I've been a fan of his Ghost Switch for Christmas for years. But then just looking into it, I, I found that he does have a, a, a another really significant ghost story credit. Um, he, he actually adapted as a television movie or directed an adaption, I should say, of, a, yeah. uh, of, of something called A Pattern of Roses. Um, okay. Which is uh, like a 1983 um, like TV movie. Um, so, so, but based on the book of the same name, which is a, like a children's ghost story, but hey, they can be really good, as we know. We talked about Moondar, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and um, it was also the first screen credit of Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, so, okay. So, so she's the star. <laughs> well, yeah, I think she's she's one of the leads of this um, of, of this movie. Now you you think that's quite big. Surely that's available. No, but it is in Germany. Okay. <laughs> you can get the DVD from Germany. They obviously love Helena Bonham Carter or or Lawrence Gordon Clark or probably both over there. So so it's out there. Um, Excellent. So, so you know, I'm really tempted to import that <laughs> to, 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 to watch that because I thought I'd completed the collection and now I just got oh, and, and, and I'm quite excited. That's quite exciting, isn't it? I mean, that's not quite as good, but it's almost like um, there's a Christopher Lee Dracula film we haven't seen. <laughs> it's like a Lawrence yeah. Clark ghost story. Brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. yeah. And, and that's, this is and I only discovered this uh, very recently. <laughs> so I'm still. You can still tell I'm really excited. Do you have anything else um, to mention about a warning to the curious? I, I don't don't think so. Just only that I thought this was really good and properly creepy and everything. Um, what I will just quickly do a quick shout out um, to another podcaster. So. Mm. Um, I didn't read this story. I had it read to me and I had it read to me by the aptly named Mr. James. <laughs> that is aptly who, named. <laughs> who, who does uh, the Right in the Schoolies podcast, which is, um, he, he's a big fan of ghost stories and, 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 and M.R. James. Um, and He's uh, he does a podcast where he interviews people about their school years, and it's it's actually a, a really great podcast, and you should go and listen to it. Excellent, no good, not nice. And I think I'd probably just mention that um, our previous guest, um, Robert Lloyd Parry, has produced a documentary about Warning to the Curious, which yes. I haven't seen yet which i'm absolutely desperate yeah. now to to see and the reason i haven't seen it is because i want the dvd and, and and i can't get the dvd till after christmas because robert's currently on yeah. tour but it, it, yeah so for those that haven't listened to the other the interview <laughs> yet basically why haven't you you should do um but 
Um, if you haven't, then it's also on Amazon Prime, but um, I think a very small amount of about $3.49 to rent or maybe slightly more to buy. Yes, so I, I think treat, I think treat yourself to that. I think that's right. And the, um, the, the, there's a free documentary on, on there as well. The uh, whistle, and I'll come to you. Documentary, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, right, but, but I just I, I want the DVD because I want his performance of uh, "One Into the Curious" as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, um, shall we wrap it up? Shall we wrap it yeah. up? Shall we let people yeah, go yeah. back to their lives? Yes. Yeah. Let's let them go back to their lives. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's not not follow them around like some Anglo-Saxon crown guarding entity. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not making any promises, but I don't think we should do that <laughs> if we can avoid it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you, you know, because we, because this is a ghost story for Christmas, I, I I just like to you know wish anyone listening over the seasonal period a very merry Christmas. Likewise, and just to remember, no digging here. <laughs> no digging here. <laughs> <laughs> it was uncanny it's like like uh, William Agar was in the room with me oh, oh god actually I'm scared now <laughs> assuming there is going to be a next time until next time I've been Chris Denton and I'm still Paul Monk bye <laughs> for now <laughs>